the way we talk to ourselves is important. And that doesn't mean necessarily walking around the room, walking around the house, walking around the world, talking to ourselves out loud. It can look like that sometimes. I know I do it. Hi there, I'm Greg Flynn, and this is The Bind, a podcast for men and the people that love them. It's all about helping men untangle the beliefs and behaviors that keep us stuck, stressed, and in shame. We can't do this alone, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's dive in. not always sure how to start. And so I'm just going to start much in the same way that with a writing practice, sometimes the way to to like get started is to just write words. I'm just going to start at the top here without having to get too clever or impressive or something. I, I want to talk about the, actually, it's kind of a follow on from last week's episode. So last week's episode on came out on April 20th, which was called something like, It Feels Just Awful, is episode 22. If you haven't listened to that one, maybe pause and go back to that episode and, and then come back to this one. Because in that episode, I was talking about the kind of experience of, of being with a group of guys and how hard that can be and how it can feel. And because of the way so often the experience of like talking over each other, cutting each other off, unsolicited advice. And, and I think even like mostly even like the cutting each other down thing, which I told a story about my own experience, my own life from my own life about that piece that, you know, something that still lives in me and I don't feel great about. And what it's gotten me thinking about, and part of this is is coming through the lens of our most recent fourth Monday men's circle that Jordan and I host. We just hosted this last Monday, where our theme, we always have a theme for the week, for the month. And the theme this time around was self-criticism, the inner critic. And the flip side of that being self-compassion and, and what Jordan calls like unreasonably friendliness, unreasonable friendliness. So it's, it, it's had me thinking about, especially in relationship to the cutting each other down, but also I think in relationship to talking over to advice, like what's behind all that, like what's actually going on. And what I want to do here is I'm going to actually speak just from from my perspective, like my own experience of myself. I don't want to make assumptions for other guys, but I'm really curious to see how many of you um, are nodding (laughs) as I'm talking. I suspect some of you will be, and I'd love to hear that. So feel free to shoot me an email or message. You can do it, greg at gregorybflynn.com, or you can hit me on Instagram at men.connecting. But, you know, when I think about like what is behind it, you know, all those behaviors, but especially the cutting down thing. I'll just talk to that real quick is the cutting down thing. The story I told about my friend who had gotten me the job and who I said some shitty things to, and he'd called me kind of a dick. And I kind of chalked it up to, I chalked it up to maleness and I chalked it up to 
the friends that I had in our relationship. But what I didn't include is the way that I had been talking to myself, the way I had been cutting myself down on a regular basis. And this is that self-criticism piece, right? And this, so this happened when I was in my twenties, that story that happened. I was, I was um, in school in, um, in Oregon, just outside of Portland. It was probably 1997, maybe the first part of 98. So I'm in 25 years old in this, um, in this story. And I can tell you right now, I had no idea that what was happening was that I had a voice inside of me that was cutting me down on a regular basis. That was telling me that I wasn't good enough. That was telling me that I would never be good enough. That was telling me that I, yeah, that I, I, I like, so the the way I was cutting him down was basically saying like, he sucks at music was definitely telling me that I sucked at music. Definitely telling me that I would never make it, that I would never be able to do anything with my life. That voice was on fire. And it wasn't until I was well into my 30s that I started learning, oh, there's a fucking voice inside of me that is telling me all this stuff that is cutting me down regularly. You know, when, when we come back to the other behaviors around groups of men getting together, cutting each other off and offering advice, I wonder how much of that's related. Like, if I can get my voice heard, then maybe I can fight against this inner voice. I don't know. Maybe not. If I can fix your problem and show you how fucking smart I am, I don't know. Maybe not. But definitely the cutting each other down thing. There is zero doubt in my mind that 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 was related to the way that I'm talking to myself. And so like, when do we do that? When do we do it intentionally? Like with like a, a clarity, you know, that's like, Oh, this isn't, you know, me letting the, my own inner critic out. It's actually just kind of fun and playful versus when do we actually, when are we actually like letting some of our own steam out of the, out of the balloon or <laughs> not making sense here steam out of that out of the pressure cooker air out of the balloon by shooting it at somebody else taking out on somebody else what we've been doing to ourselves the way we talk to ourselves is important the way we talk to ourselves is important and that doesn't mean necessarily walking around the room walking around the house walking around the world talking to ourselves out loud it can look like that sometimes I know I do it, but it's that's not what I mean, right? I mean, what I mean is, is like, what are the stories we have about ourselves? What are the loops that run in us that can keep us stuck? So a loop that I've had my, my whole life that I still work with to this day is I'm worthless. I'm worthless. And so I'll pick any little thing. I'll make a mistake or I'll have a day. I mean, the last couple of days, honestly, this morning was not too dissimilar from yesterday where I woke up just not rested, you know, like yesterday was pretty bad because I had had a really rough sleep the night before this morning. It's today is better, but I'm still not that rested. I don't feel that sharp. And there's a part of me that feels like, see, can't take care of yourself well enough to actually do the work. And that shows up. It lives in me, you know, and, and I can feel that voice if I'm, if I just let it go. And especially if I'm not rested, if I'm so I don't really have all of my resources. 
it gets a little bit more authority. <laughs> it has a little bit more space. So I can feel the part of me that's like, ooh, am I gonna, how am I going to be with men's group tonight? Am I going to be able to facilitate it as well as I want to? The, the reality is, is that I, I know that I've got the capacity to actually do it, but that voice is there. You know, it's playing, it's, it's, it's operating. This is the inner critic. This is the self-criticism. Where, why the inner critic? Where does it come from? Well, like I was talking to the guys at the group on Monday, when we were, when we were talking about this, the inner critic is the voice of somebody. It came from somewhere. It got internalized. And part of the reason it gets internalized I think, is so that we can stay safe. In other words, there is a value in this voice. There is a value in the voice. Internalizing it isn't just a punishment. It doesn't serve us now, but it did at one point. It actually helped to keep us safe because if we can align our story with the message we're getting from the outside, we can find a way to feel loved. Feeling loved when we are young little little wee ones is primary because that means we can survive. So where does the voice come from, right? It comes from, I had a therapist who used to talk about the big people that go up to the sky. Those are our parents the adults around us, our teachers, when we're little kids, all adults go up to the sky. And so this voice gets internalized. Now, some of us work with it in different ways. Some of us take our own inner critic and use that to drive us to the top of the ladder, drive us to ultimate success, money, houses, cars, women or men. <laughs> you know, depending on your orientation, getting to the top of the ladder, fuck you, inner critic, I will show you just how wrong you are. And then some people use it the exact opposite, never go anywhere, just big, you know, not actually, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm hesitating to use like the word success, because success implies something. And this is one of the things I think that's really challenging, right, is our society rewards going to the top of the ladder. So in some ways, the inner critic can drive us, you know, and we hear that a lot of the times. You know, in personal development and in professional development worlds, like find the, the thing that's going to drive you to the top. Well, how healthy is that? How much of a sense of like self, a healthy sense of self is that giving you? Are, are you being kind to yourself? Kind enough to actually, hmm, actually feel loved, feel cared for. What story are you telling about yourself that isn't yours? That isn't the story that your spirit, your soul, your heart, whatever you want to call it, has for you. What's the story that is driving some part of you that isn't healthy? What's the story that's keeping you stuck, that's keeping you isolated, 
that's keeping you from actually feeling at home in yourself? And where did it come from? Whose voice do you share the story in? And what would it be like? What would it be like to actually get into right relationship with that voice? I don't mean right relationship as in like correct. I mean right relationship as in like aligned and understanding, compassionate relationship. My my own personal experience with compassion and self-compassion is a tricky one because my own inner critic is very sophisticated, very sophisticated. And one of the things it does is it takes good things and it turns them into proof of the bad thing. And it's taken me some time. It's taken me a long time, actually. Some of these things are actually new in the last year or so where I'm actually able to get enough distance to go like, oh, this this thing I can this compassion I can have for myself or this this feedback I can get from somebody in my life who I care about I can take it in I can listen to it I can integrate it and it makes my inner critic it makes that voice a little bit more diluted that voice I want to name is still present it's still loud as fuck but there's a distancing that's been happening over time and this is part of the work recognizing that that voice exists, beginning to actually get into relationship with it, and then bringing in the compassion. So both the compassion for why the voice exists, that's that's why I bring in the survival piece, compassion for that young one who took that voice on, compassion for yourself now in the ways that that voice is impacting you, Hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, honestly, I feel like, I feel like there's probably a lot more that could be said about this. But what I'm feeling right now is a desire to actually kind of leave some space here and invite in the possibility for you as you're listening to this to just sit with these questions. What is your inner critic telling you? What is that loop? What does it mean to get into relationship with that loop? Not to agree with it for sure, but to just be in right relationship with it. And what is it to invite in compassion for yourself? So when I hear this voice telling me, how worthless I am, how I'll never amount to anything. If I'm able to bring in not just a, yes, I am, (laughs) I'm worth something, but something a little bit deeper, something that says, I am worthy. Something that says, I matter. Get into this a little bit more down the road. All of this is connected to needs. All of this is connected to needs that were unmet in our life. Needs being things that our being actually needs in order to survive. So I just let you sit with that and feel that. And to recognize the next time you're in an experience 
where it doesn't feel good and you don't feel good about how you showed up, odds are this stuff was at play. Odds are the way you were talking to yourself and the way the others who are with you are talking to themselves was playing itself out around the table. So give yourself some space to explore these questions and take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Even exploring this on your own has a vulnerability to it. Definitely has a vulnerability to do it with others. So, But reach for people you trust. Reach for people that you believe can hold you. If you are looking for some external support, I'm here. You can always reach me at greg at gregorybflynn.com, on Instagram at men.connecting. I'd love to hear what's alive for you in all of this. I'd love for you to take this into your life. So let me know how that goes for you. You can always explore this more through um, step zero on my website. If you go to gregorybflynn.com, there's a thing at the top for step zero, or you can um, just go to slash step hyphen Z-E-R-O, not the numeral, the word, and check that out. Thank you for listening. I, I take the fact that you're listening to mean that you are caring for yourself more than I take it as like listening to my words. I take it as you're caring for yourself. So thank you for doing that work. That's important work. And I hope you have a wonderful week and I will look forward to our next connection. Cheers.